Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Good morning. Hey, great to have you here. Uh, my name's John, one of the pastors here at the Vine, and I uh, want to welcome you here today, and uh, if you're online as well, thank you for joining us today. You know, we've been looking at a series of out of the book of Philippians, we're coming to our last sermon, and it's uh, Becoming Confident in Christ, and specifically the last few weeks we've been applying this idea of what does it mean to cultivate generosity in our hearts and with our giving. And uh, you know what? The only way you can really be generous in your life is that you really receive that generous love of God. Do you know how generous God has been with you? When you catch that, when you get that, then you will be more and more generous. Now, just imagine this. Imagine if a billionaire said to you today, this is like would be a crazy thing, right, Ben? That, that uh, if he said to you, like, I'm giving you a blank check, and you can write it for whatever you want. Whatever you need, whatever you want, write the check. Wouldn't that be a crazy thing? I'd kind of like that, you know? It'd be fun. I mean, we'd pay off this whole thing, this property. Whoa, it'd be crazy what we could do. And, and you think about that kind of, and you're likely thinking, well, that would never happen to me. <laughs> you know, this is, what strings are attached? Uh, it's too good to be true. It must be a scam, right? You know, so, but from God's word, we're going to see that trusting God and God's promises is like accessing an unending supply of resources, to meet all your needs. The reason he's determined to meet all of your needs is to demonstrate his lavish love for you and to grow you in generously living for his kingdom and his glory. You see, Paul writes this letter starting all the way back in chapter 1, verse 6, and he talks about the confidence we can have as we rely on God's work. And uh, today we're going to really focus on this because Jesus generously heaps his love and grace on us. We can be in turn generous with him. And so uh, today uh, we want to look at God's word and we're looking at this very last passage. Yay, we've been taught through. and It's going to be sad kind of to wrap up Philippians here. But if you'll stand with me uh, together, we want to honor God and his word as I read verses 19 through 23. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ will be with your spirit. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And so today we're going to see that as God, we can be generous with God as we realize that God supplies 
and gives us that confidence that he will provide all that we need. This is God's work, isn't it? And it doesn't mean that you aren't going through suffering or pain when it says this. Remember, look back at verse 14. It says, the trouble Paul was in is obvious. He was, he was in jail. He was under house arrest. We've looked at this. Uh, and he actually had to pay for his house that he was under arrest. And he was able to share a Christ there at the house with all who would come. But he was chained 24-7 to a guard. But we know that, um, so he was under great, great trouble. He's in jail. I mean, that's being restricted like that. And maybe you feel like you're in some kind of jail today. You know, but the Philippian church was special to, they, Paul was special to um, their heart. And, 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 and they were very generous. Verse 15 tells us that, um, the Philippians alone partnered with and demonstrated a deep love and fellowship. That word partner literally means to be glued to, to, to be molded to. Their hearts were, were like becoming more and more one with each other. Kind of like a husband and wife over many, many years. In, in verse 17, it tells us that Paul had received a generous financial gift from the church at Philippi. And he's saying that more than receiving your gift, which helped me to pay for this house where I'm sharing Christ. Thank you, you're the only church that did that, even though they were probably a pretty poor church. <laughs> he said, this is for your credit. This is for your good. This, I want you to know, you to become more confident that God will supply all you need. So look at verse 19. It says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The Philippians and us were supplied by the wealthiest person in the world, God, right? He owns it all. And when he gives, it's not, I've given to you and now I'm sort of partially depleted, right? God is not having to like save up to give you more, is he? Is he? Mark? No, he's not. He's not having to save up. He is the God of all wealth and all riches. It says here that he gives according to and not out of his riches. God meets our needs proportionally to, to his, out of his own riches, which, which are infinite. His wealth can, is so great, it will never run out. And he wants you to know that he's meeting all your needs according to his infinite resources. And Paul says here, he says, my God. He personalizes it. He knows God personally. He knew he was a son of the living God. And listen, if you're a Christ follower here today, you're a son or daughter. You can say, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches. This is so beautiful because, you know, more than any parent... You know, I so want to, more than any parent, he wants to supply your needs. He wants to care for you. He wants to meet all your needs. I know, uh, I know just how I feel about my daughters and my, my little grandchild. My little granddaughter came in here. Man, I, I would give anything if they, were, if they were in great need. I think I would go in need. 
Because I love them. I, I want to see them flourish. And I want them to have a, a you know, whatever. I want to have them to find the Lord and know Him and His provision. But look, at God cares for you so much more. And He has the wealth to do so. It's according to His vast wealth that He cares for every one of us. And so, one problem is, is that we as Christians, we don't want to admit to talk about that our real needs, are, you know, and we stay focused sort of on our surface needs and just only our material needs. We have great needs. Think about how much, how God can supply. You know, in America, there's, it's said over the news, maybe there's a real supply chain problem, Right? Do you think God has a supply chain problem? No. Those containers are moving. Everything you need, he will get to you in a timely way. This is the goodness and greatness of God. If you go to the blueletterbible.org, you'll find that this word supply in verse 19 means this. To fill to the top or brim so that nothing will be lacking. You see, if you need forgiveness, he'll supply it for you. Do we all need it, right? Isaiah 55, 7 promises us, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. If you need comfort, he'll supply that. Psalm 119, 76, let your steadfast love comfort me according to your promise, to your servant. And then even financial provision. David wrote here in Psalm 37, 25, I have been young and now I am old. And yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. That's true for every one of us, friends. Do you believe it? You see, anything and everything you and I need God will supply as you trust Him. Nothing will be lacking as we rely on God. You know, I know this is one of those hard-to-believe verses in the Bible, right? It's easy to feel like God here is over-promising and under-delivering, especially if you're in pain. And I'm sorry if you are in pain. I know some of you just have experienced death in your family. And you're grieving. Others of you, just relational issues. Others, just sadness going on in your work and just hard troubles. But God promises that he will meet all your needs. It's easy to feel like that God won't do this because we face so many disappointments and so many broken promises from others. And because we've been let down by so many others, we tend to get self-reliant and we want to take hold and be independent of God and others and kind of just take care of ourselves. Look, because, because of this, we have to over and over again realize we have a need and God wants to supply it for you. There's some times in your life you're more aware of that need, right? Right? Do you remember that time in your life? I remember with uh, my wife and I, when we uh, first moved to Georgia, we had two little girls, um, like two babies. They were six months apart. 
That's pretty tricky to do, right? And, and our youngest was struggling with just really a lot of physical issues. We were trying to actually kind of care for also a church plant that was really struggling, honestly. We were exhausted. We were tired. We didn't have many you know, resources, either financially or emotionally. We felt a little bit gutted at that time. But God in his grace and mercy that is more than we need as we sung this morning. He met us at just the right time. You know, uh, someone would knock on our door and bring us a meal and we didn't even know them. Another couple, they saw our lights on late at night and they came and they, they also rang our doorbell and came by. They were, they were an old couple, older couple. They were about 50. And, and I was like, they became great friends. They said to us, um, we see your lights on. We know your story from other neighbors. We'd love to come watch your two little girls. We know you, we'll give you references and stuff if you need them. <laughs> you know, so we got to know them, and then they started watching our girls. And what a, what a gift that they gave us the gift of time with, so Lizanne and I could go talk to one another again. You know, those moments, in those days, we realized, you know, we didn't have much money either, and we were struggling with stuff financially. We realized how big our need was. And sometimes when you realize that, then you learn how to trust and realize how big your God is. You see, <laughs> it's easy for us to act, to provide for ourselves, to Say, I don't really need God's help. This verse doesn't really, I mean, I don't really get how this applies much to me. Because we are okay. We're independent financially. We've got it all covered. And we can act this way spiritually as well. And that's a problem. Because God says that we're powerless in ourselves, and that we are desperate and must have his resources. <laughs> You see, God desires for us to trust him at all times. Philippians 4.12 says, whether in plenty or in want. And he promises to supply all our needs according to his riches. The question is, is will we trust him? You see, the second way we can be generous with God because he provides confidence in us and for us to give him glory. Uh, verse 20 says this, To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul here was praising God for the Philippians for the gift they had provided while he was under house arrest. And, you know, he had given great glory to God. I mean, he was a church planner, wrote 13 letters of the New Testament. This guy obviously was giving glory to God, but you know what he's saying here? I think he's saying this too. Philippians, by your gift, though you don't have much money, this gift is glorifying God. God himself, in his beautiful way, was connecting the glory of God with the generosity of God's people and God's eagerness to take care of them, actually, to meet all their needs. So as we grow in glorifying God, our generosity will grow with him and others. This word glory, I love it. It's, it's the word where we get that English word doxology from. 
You know, you know that song, right? It, blueletterbible.org defines it as glory. Glory is honor, praise, dignity, or worship. And it's so easy to divert honor, praise, dignity, and worship from God. Giving glory to God begins with our hearts, and it impacts the way we live. For example, are, are you thinking about how much you can give to God? How much are you thinking about, can I give him more praise and worship? Like, like for example, today. Today really isn't about how you feel about worship. Did you come ready to give God praise? Are you eager to worship him? Is this service and our worship about him and not just about us? And, and are you giving him more time and money, more awe and honor? Pause and ask yourself, as Jordan said so well in his prayer, is there anything more than God that has captured your heart's attention, your primary attention? Is there something that's caused you to like, focus on that thing more than him, him and his worship and his praise? You know, it's good to call these things out and repent of them. Ask God to replace your heart with a desire, with the faith to even praise Him and ask Him for awe and wonder and thanksgiving. And when you do that, your heart will change. You will be giving Him glory and you'll know more and more. You'll grow in confidence and generosity. And you see, the third reason we can be generous with God is thanks be to Him. He shows us and He convinces us that we can be confident in His tender work. Verses 21 and 23 says, concludes this great letter this way. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. You see, Paul here concludes his letter to the Philippians in this caring, tender way. Verse 21 shows us that he had a heart for all the believers at Philippi. And there were probably only about 75 to 100 of them. And likely he didn't know everyone personally, but he had a heart for them. He wanted them to grow in Jesus and know the gospel and cause their hearts to explode with a generous love and a kingdom focus. And we don't know who these brothers were here in verse 21. Possibly it was Timothy or Mark or Dr. Luke. But Paul wanted the church at Philippi to feel that they were not only loved by him, but by the brothers and sisters who were praying for them, who were outside of their body. And what's shocking is verse 22. Look at it. It says, that Caesar's household especially had come to be interested and love the Philippian church. Why? Why? Why do you say? Think. Remember, I don't, it's our study of this book about, it was a poor church, only about 75 to 100 people. 30% of the people were under the poverty level of that day. They didn't have much money, but they were extremely generous, and they sent this generous gift for Paul to keep renting this house. What happened in the house? Some of Caesar's household came to that house, 
heard the gospel and received it and became sons and daughters of the living God. Do you know why Caesar's family were especially encouraged by the church at Philippi? It was because of their gift. They could come and hear the good news proclaimed by Paul. Isn't that beautiful how God works these wealthy aristocrats? Their hearts, what they really need, was given by this impoverished church. Isn't that crazy? I think it's so beautiful how God works. <laughs> and so he concludes this letter this way. The grace, verse 23, of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Throughout this letter, Christ's name is mentioned 40, over 40 times. The name of Jesus, as we know, is powerful. It's, we know the name of Jesus, the person and work of Jesus, is our greatest need, isn't it? It doesn't matter what you have. <laughs> more finances, more than finances, more than peace on earth. Why is he our greatest need? It is because in Christ and his work that we are rescued. We, he secured, because of his death and resurrection, our union with him. And because of that, his work, we get to know his grace and we get to grow in confidence in him. You know, here are just a few verses telling us about this wondrous work of Christ Jesus. That name above all names. Philippians 2.5, we've seen it. Your attitude should be that same as that of Christ Jesus. Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ and the power of the resurrection. Philippians 4.19 from our passage today. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. You see, Jesus' name is above every name. We know that. We've seen that in chapter 2. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, right? And every tongue confess what? That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's nothing more important than you and I being in union with this Lord. There's no greater gift you could possibly receive. And when you realize that, and it begins to sink in, especially at those moments, you will become generous, more generous with all of your life. And your life will be all about the kingdom of God more and more and more. It's because of Jesus. We don't have to worry in this life, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. We can do everything he calls to us through his power and help, Philippians 4, 13. Jesus promises he will supply all our needs out of his glorious riches, as we've seen in verse 19. There is nothing that you will lack when you are united with God through Jesus. His tenderness and unending love for us was proven and secured by his, his wonderful and horrible death. And because of his finished work, 
And by the way, he's praying for us and someday soon we'll return. We can be confident and confident with this. The Lord, the Lord will supply all my needs. I don't have to stay independent. I don't have to be grasping. I don't have to be filled with worry or anxiety. Because of Jesus, I'm good. I'm safe. I'm secure. I'm his. And he has poured out his generous, lavish love to each one of us who know him. Do you know him? Do you know that love? If you do, let that generous love open up your heart. Open up your hands. Open up your life to be more generous. You see, as we've seen from this passage today, it's because Jesus generally heaps his love and grace upon us that we can be generous with him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your great love for each one of us. That you came and you took the wrath and the punishment of our sins. Wow, what a God. Lord, I pray that those that don't know you online or here in present would, would see how much you love them and they would receive you and your work. I pray that Christians would be delighted and our hearts would be melted by the wondrous, generous love of God for us. Do that work, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.